0: Hello and welcome to Physiosyncrasy. I'm your host, Andrew. On today's podcast, I speak to a good friend of mine, Ilin Tan. We discuss a number of things, including the importance of finding your own style, the value of tailored mentoring for new grads to make sure what they're doing aligns with their goals, the role of Pilates and what the recent health cover changes means. And I think uh, the most important topic we discussed is making sure that caring for our patients is at the foundation of what we do. Let's dive in. Okay, welcome to another episode of Physiosyncrasy. Today, we're with my good friend, Ilan Tan. And um, Ilan, let's give a brief intro about you and your physio life so far. and Anything else you'd like to add? Or well, welcome, firstly.
1: Yeah, I was going to say thank you. I'm super, super proud of you. Super glad to be part of this. Always inspired after ch- chatting with you, catching up with you. Honestly, I was like super excited to be here. Super excited that you're actually letting this take off. So, thank you. Um, all right, brief overview. So we obviously went to uni together, so it's been probably five coming up to six years since we've been out. I've worked only, well, mainly private practice. I've done a bit of casual aged care work, um, in between basically at the moment working in private practice, but also doing a little bit of management role. I think that's probably what's a good snapshot
0: chat about today. Yeah. Yeah. Cool yeah and that's that's one of the main things i know you recently said that new grad development is something that you've moved away from a little bit mm-hmm. at the moment um but we will st- we will start with that because okay. you and i sort of start at the same place as yeah. new grads yes. and i think that probably shaped how you've uh worked with new grads uh, over the years and in particular yeah. over the last 2 years probably yeah what are the what are the key messages that you teach directly or indirectly with the the newer graduates that you work with
1: okay i think the reason why firstly i kind of wanted to do a little bit more mentoring um with new grads is because i remember really really you know it was quite significant to me while we were on prac in our fourth year i don't think i was the typical kind of outgoing really you know loud chatty all that type of a physio if anything you know i really had issues with confidence speaking to doctors i really hated it um all that kind of stuff so i remember on prac i had two back-to-back pracs where i can't remember what it's called when you like kind of that borderline pass fail thing and usually what happens is it was always it was always my confidence level you know they were like you really need to speak up you really need to educate more all that sort of stuff and it got to a point where one of the um supervisors actually was like oh you know maybe maybe physio isn't for you and then, yeah, right. yeah, and then having another prac, a neuro one, and the supervisor going, You know what? Not everyone has to be a certain way. Yeah. Um, and what you're doing is fine and what you're doing is great. And that was, that made such a huge impact that I remember going into, you know, after kind of graduating or finishing being a new grad, going into a new workplace and going, That's what I want, you know, the new grads to feel like. Yeah, nice. That you don't have to be a certain mold. Yeah. yeah. You can just be you and still be good.
0: That's a, that's a pretty cool one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think that really helped, um, shaping the mentoring sessions and with the new grads, it's kind of finding out what they're like,
0: um,
1: what they want to be like mm-hmm. and helping them find their strengths. Yeah. I think, yeah.
0: Helping so them of, find their style as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. It, You probably fa- found that You know, although like you you said, you probably were lacking a bit of confidence initially with your physio skills, but it's not that you were like in a social setting, you were probably very different to how you were with a patient. So it's not that it's not that you were naturally uh, really like in your shell. It was more so you still hadn't quite worked out what approach you take as a physio. Yeah. And like you said, maybe you were trying to be a certain way, a certain perceived way, whereas like that, like that, um, senior, you had that told you, you don't, you don't need to be, um, you know, a really loud or outgoing person to be a good physio. You can, you can have your own way. Exactly. And I think
1: when you're, um, maybe, maybe because we were on practice, we had to take all the boxes Mm. to graduate. Um, that put a certain kind of pressure as well. So coming out into the workforce, that's completely different. Um, and that's where it's a little bit more fun. And I think plays bigger, bigger part, but key things I try to get, new grads to maybe understand in your first couple years learn as much as you can i always try and tell them you know like we i guess don't really remember maybe sometimes that we're kind of put in a position we're so lucky like you know in private practice we see 50 60 70 patients a week and we get that power to change their perception on their pain levels or, you know, they get, we get to make them go away feeling better. We get to say things that change how they feel and how they think. Um, and then they get to go home and tell their friends and tell their mm-hmm. family. I think we forget that sometimes we're That's so right. focused on building a caseload or, you Great know, achieving point. all these personal yeah. goals. And I think if we constantly yeah. just go back to that. yeah that just changes everything that's that's a great point yeah
0: and i think i i don't know if it was physio specific but i recently read something that said when a medical professional goes to see a patient yeah uh, it's more about what the medical professional brings to that to their perceptions their biases um, their experiences yeah uh, that shapes more of what happens yeah. rather than the patient. The patient, yeah. So if you can, like, I think what, like, part of what you're saying is, if yeah. you can sort of neutralise and mm. get as unbiased as possible, and realise that you're in a position of power, essentially, or yeah. position of influence, yeah. Then, yeah, you're not you're not self focused. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't no. be going into a session self focused. Really, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's It a is point a learning
1: though, right? curve, though, because we always go into it, of course. Going, I mean, thinking almost clinically and what mm. we've learned from uni about like a certain condition and this is how you treat that's right. that certain condition, but it's more than that. That's right. It's so much more than that. Yeah.
0: But do you think, I think maybe part of the reason we have that sort of mindset initially is because of our assessment process yes. practically. Yes. Um, we went through the same one at Curtin and it was, yes. um, if you weren't, you need to be self-focused. Yeah. Otherwise you don't know what you're, it's hard, it's hard not to be self-focused when you just have eyes on you and yes, you're being, exactly. you're being assessed. And if you do, if you do the wrong thing, you need to know, you know, what you did wrong yeah. in order to pass in the future. So yes. I yeah. think maybe that assessment process maybe needs to be looked at yeah. because it makes us um, too internally focused rather than being like, okay, I know this is, this, this is about the patient. This isn't about me. Yes. Like Cause
1: we go into like, I mean, I think most clinics still have an initial assessment form. So we go into it going, okay, we need to run through all these questions before the end of the Hmm. initial assessment. And when we don't, we kind of panic. And things like that. I missed something, so what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And we all know patients come in, they're not typical to what we've learned as well. No, exactly. Um, And I guess learning learning how to, to adapt to that as well. It's
0: almost funny when you get a patient that is a stereotypical patient you're yes. like okay this this is just going to be like you, you get to the end of their treatment or management yeah. and it's been a routine case you're like that's weird I, yeah that, that never yeah. you know what i mean it never like, happens. that's like yeah very right. rare yeah cool great start now now you sort of mentioned why you got into this leadership role and yes. um and what you've learned but tell me have you learned anything from from the new grads that you've worked with like i know you we, we generally learn from people that are more senior to senior, us yeah but what about things you've learned from people coming through newer people coming through new the grads. system not necessarily younger but just yeah have you learned anything from them
1: yeah definitely definitely i think going into because going into mentoring it was more i think i came in with the thoughts of like me as a new grad not getting the mentoring that I needed or wanted. And then just assuming that everyone had the same style as you Mm -hmm. and I did, but obviously that's not the case. So I think new grads, they've definitely taught me how to adapt to different personalities. I think, and I think we've joked about this a little bit as well about millennials and, and I know you and I are millennials, but how to, because people don't really just want a straightforward thing. I think they come in wanting, job satisfaction, That's how right. they want their personal goals to tie in with their work goals as well. Uh, yep. So it's a very, very different approach. And I think it's still, I'm still learning. I'm still learning yeah. how, to, how to adapt to that. Yeah.
0: That's a good one. Hey, because yeah, I think it is the modern generation is, mm. um, there's different factors that were once considered important. like. Yeah simply like security, job yes. security, yes. Uh, pay, things yes. like that. Whereas, it's not
1: like that. Now, people will leave if they're not happy. That's
0: right. Well, pay It's almost like pay and security and things like that are already ticked. Yes. Like you don't need to consider them. Mm. We're protect, protected in that way, yes. and what I want to worry about now is, am I satisfied? Yes. Is the work meaningful?
1: Yes, exactly. And
0: and that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah. And how do you address those things? Yeah. They're, they're so broad, so big. Yeah.
1: And that's why you yeah, have it's tricky, yeah, because you have to find it based on the individual yeah. themselves, and that's when it can get really tricky, really draining, because not everyone knows what they want no. as well, and that's when um, that changes yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So we're gonna switch here, switch it hmm. up from a uh, from the early days. You you got on got onto Pilates relatively yep. early, relatively early. Yeah. Um, tell me. Yeah, Tell me why and and what role you think Pilates has in overall physiotherapy, overall patient management.
1: Um, I think with Pilates, um, I'll have to admit, I didn't know too much about it going in. Basically the previous workplace, they basically just signed me up because they needed a physio to run their Pilates classes. So I was like, great. Okay. Because my first two years, I wanted to learn as much as I can. So I was like, yep, Pilates, I'll do it. But I definitely use it a lot with my patients now. Because I guess with physio, rehab, treatment, management, we're always looking at how to make them move a little bit better, how to make their bodies work a little bit more efficiently, I suppose, Um, you know, to reduce pain levels, all that sort of stuff. Pilates just ties into that, so it's it's quite easy, I Mm. guess, for me to
0: combine the two. Yeah. Uh, is uh, Pilates for me? It seems like yeah. it's very relevant now. Yeah. Partly because it sort of takes command of that early control the rehab process. Yes. So, with someone, you know, as you know, we see lots of lower backs, for yeah. example, and yeah. one key area that you need to address is uh, core mm. core strength, yeah. hip mobility, that yeah. sort of thing. And yeah. and in my opinion, I think one of the reasons Pilates works quite well is mm. because you can really unload the person yeah and then build them back up yeah. to build the the necessary strength so yeah. i think that's where it fits in like people can feel good about the exercise yes. doing pilates without yes. being smashed by doing some core exercises right. or boring hip stretches where yes. it's you know it's like this it's still routine. a little, little bit functional you yeah you can get on and
1: off the machines i think with pilates i always tell people as well you know it is it doesn't have to be yeah, like you go there, you know, do three reps of, you know, three um, sets of ten reps, like that sort of stuff. It is, it ties into what um, their goals are, because a lot mm. of them, you know, they play sport or they want to progress. They want to go back to doing F forty-five. They want to go back to the gym, and Pilates is a progression to that. Yeah, um, and
0: even if it's think... not, it's a, it's complementary exactly. in a way. You know, you, you can i know you i know you work with some high profile athletes mm. and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be something that's similar to football yes it can yeah. be it's good that it's something completely separate because yeah. it gets their body uh, moving in a different moving. way
1: yeah yeah definitely gets their fear of moving in yeah. way i think takes it away
0: so pilates is almost i think at its peak in terms of popularity oh, yeah. and just People being aware of it. Do you think? What do you think will happen in the coming years? Do you think it's peaked and now it will, will move on to a different trend or it's this going to plateau? Because yeah. it seems to be almost t- two sides. You know, there's there's yes. very pro physio, yes, pro physiotherap, uh, pro Pilates, Pilates physios yeah. or clinics, yeah, and then there's those that don't really do it at all. And maybe they do some inadvertently just through yeah. certain exercises, but yeah. it's not really a big part of their. The way they operate. True. What's the trend for the, what's, what's going to happen to Pilates in coming in the coming years?
1: I think, I think it'll grow. Yeah. I personally do think it'll grow. Yeah. It's definitely become a bit more trendy um, yeah. to do Pilates in the last few years. Um, I think because it is so functional, um, it is going to grow even people who I think don't buy into it now. I think they will.
0: Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'm probably one of those people. Have I, I? use it, not not so much the machines, but I'd use the the you know the floor based exercises. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I just think, with our current population, mm. in terms of aging nature, mm. people that people aren't necessarily as active. There seem to be two groups of people: very yes. active and less active yes and pilates really works well with those less active ones when you're trying to get them to start moving again
1: exactly i've actually got a patient at the moment um so funny so she basically came in um saying i want to do pilates because i don't like going to the gym i don't really like sweating so i just want to you know work out in an environment (laughs) where it's air conditioned you know but it still in that sense caters to even." patients like
0: that
1: yeah it's
0: a very um, yes a very niche patient <laughs> exactly yeah absolutely um
1: but look as long as it gets them moving gets them feeling better gets exactly. them exercising
0: yeah
1: i'm all for that yeah
0: uh let's jump back to the mm. if it's okay with you the footballers that you work with yeah um what sort of response have you noticed from them in terms of firstly getting on board with, you know, Pilates, which mm. sometimes has a perception of being more female based. Yes. But also if you've noticed anything mobility wise yeah. or physically.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was so happy when they like, I'll just say this first, but I was so happy that, um, they came in first cause I was like, yes, finally I have someone to beat that stigma. Mm. Um, because it is a, um, continuous challenge. Like if I ever suggest that to you know, a middle-aged male, for example, they just kind of scoff and laugh at me. Like, what are you talking about? Um, So yeah, I was super, super happy. Um, In terms of like definitely lots of improvements in terms of mobility, flexibility, getting them to understand their bodies a little bit more. Um, I think even the ability to kind of work and getting like get rid of any sort of muscular imbalances as well, that was Mm. great and just reports of less injuries which is I guess main goal for yeah. them yeah it's been exciting yeah yeah i think
0: that's a good point that one I don't, don't really consider is pilates would be a great one for awareness yeah developing not not only say specific awareness of where your joints are but because yeah. you're moving generally slowly yeah. you you are more aware of your body which is yes. which is a great thing you know yes. you're not not um not just sprinting you're not yes. just kicking. and not
1: distracted by all the um, yeah, you, external factors yes you know,
0: it's like, um, you're not, it's the intensity isn't there that it distracts you. Yeah. So you have to focus essentially yeah. on your body. Otherwise, yeah. um,
1: and it is quite interesting as well. Cause obviously with, um, high level athletes, they've done this since they were mm, five, six, whatever. So their bodies are used to being like, to move, be moving a certain way. Um, and just getting them yeah, aware and even being able to change that is actually quite, quite interesting to me. Yeah. And getting them moving because they think obviously they're at this high level, which they are, but then if we can improve that some more, it's even better. That's right. Yeah.
0: So it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And it would be interesting to see what effects it has on other areas of their life, because I think Mm -hmm. it would, it would unlock other things being, being so regimented with something like uh elite sport like football yeah, yeah. and then introducing something that makes you yeah. move a bit differently yes it probably make you think a little bit differently as yeah, well so yeah um, i've gotten
1: feedback of them just saying oh in my day-to-day life i just feel like yeah. my posture is better yeah or um they go sit on the floor and they can sit cross-legged a little bit more comfortably it's that's like right. the little things that they've noticed as well it's,
0: it's that's good, right yeah and i did notice there's been a few Uh, notifications coming out lately Mm. about physiotherapy and Pilates and health color yeah 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 can you I sort of get it yes can you can you um, talk us through that and then maybe the ramifications of of what it means
1: okay I'm still trying to wrap my head around it because obviously there's different Mm. terms as well Um, I think it's when I think this all started because Firstly, clinical Pilates, the term was used very loosely yeah. um, and it was also used maybe commercially. Yes. Um, and I think the other aspect was maybe certain physio clinics were selling Pilates run by physio. So almost like a rehab tool, but doing it as a big Pilates class, so getting 15, 20 reformers. So how was that different? Um, to physio, uh, to Pilates out, you know, outside of a physio clinic. So the lines had to be drawn mm. and I think it's tricky now and it is a challenge now, but I actually do think it is for the better because, you know, Pilates is getting trendy, and yes, you can do it everywhere now. Yeah. And if someone were to go, look, I can do a Pilates class on a reformer for $25 versus one, you know, at a private clinic for a lot more what's the difference there. That's right. Yeah. Um, but the effects, I guess now it is a little bit tricky. Like in our clinic as well, we've had to change it up a little bit to kind of match, um, what the APA has, has, um, brought out. Um, but basically we just, which we have already been doing, but I guess being a little bit stricter, you need to have the assessment, and a reassessment mm-hmm. so similar to a physio uh yeah. physiotherapy session yeah um obviously you need to have really clear notes of what you've been doing yeah. with the patient and i guess we need to have so not a reassessment just within the session but always looking to progress their the exercises which makes complete sense yeah yeah so it does make sense overall um yeah
0: yeah so they've brought it back into line. They made it a bit yeah. stricter because yeah. it, I think you're right that it, it became more of a group fitness session almost and yes. people were just claiming rebates on that Yes. and it was, it, it probably wasn't fair for the patients because it didn't have that it assessment, reassessment yeah. and progressive aspect. It was sort yeah. of just generic, just yeah. generic Pilates, it, which you can probably find at yeah. non-physiotherapy exactly. centers. Yeah. So
1: Because we always want it to, to be tailored to, what they're in for. That's right. Because it is a rehab tool. Exactly. Um, it it's is good. a complement to your physio rehab um, mm. or your management of that patient. It shouldn't just be a fitness class. Yeah. Yeah. That mm. was the whole idea, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: it makes sense too. Mm. Let's change gears again. Yeah. And talk a little bit more about your past and and physiotherapy. Yeah. Um, Firstly, what was the what was the reasoning behind you getting into physiotherapy, and did you have expectations?
1: Um, To be honest, it's a bit of a funny one. So after high school, I didn't really know what to do. I did start a different, completely different course, quit after a year. Um, My mum till this day keeps reminding me how she should have all the credit um, for me being a physio, (laughs) um, because basically. I remember just telling her i was like mom i want to do something either with languages or something where i can help people um and she's like okay let's go down this track um so she actually had some doctor friends some you know friends nursing friends so i had a chat with them i knew i didn't really want to go down that track but in my head i was like nah still healthcare something i want to do in healthcare so she was actually seeing a physio at the time she's like why not physiotherapy so I go, look, I'll just start it. I can always change it, but at least I'm in there and I kind of know, yeah. um, a little bit about, you know, the human body and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So I started physio as a, I suppose, mature age student. Um, yeah, continued. And then when I went on prac, I think it became clear to me that, yeah, this is what I do want to do. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, it did change. I think I always thought I wanted to do hospital uh-huh. um, and be a neuro physio. And then on PrEP, I realised how impatient I am. <laughs> I want to see results, and I want to see results quick. And I think yeah, that kind of
0: was mm. the neuro's transition. Neuro is the opposite to that. It is the it's opposite to that. Yeah, long game yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. What about the profession in general before you started? Yeah. Um, had you seen a physio? What what? did you think a physio did and what were you shocked when you started going through the course in any way in terms of what you began to learn or what, what role you started to learn that physios had?
1: Yeah. I don't think to be honest, I had too much of an expectation. Um, embarrassing to admit it now, but I think at the time I was just like, look, I need to get my life sorted. I need to just start something. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, just to kind of get on track to doing something. Um, so I never, I've personally like never saw a physio before, didn't have any physio friends, nothing like that. I would go to a few of my mom's physio sessions. So I think I, it was more knowing what I didn't want to do that pushed me into physio, but coming out of it, knowing definitely I wanted to be a physio. Yeah. Yeah. And then over the years learning, like I said, how much physio plays an impact. Um, yeah. Yeah in the, your patients' lives. That's right. Because you'll always have patients coming to you, going, like telling you really personal stuff Yeah. Um, as a physio, because you do spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. You spend a lot of time with them. You get to know their family, their friends. I think they tell you more than what they tell their, say, doctors or, you know, any, Definitely. Anyone, anyone else. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, that's a good, good point you bring up is there's a balance, I think, with, our patients and that's finding between stuff like rapport building yeah and just general you know building that relationship yeah but also maintaining a clinic a almost clinical detachment from them in yes. order to get the best outcome. Yes. For them, but also in order to stop stop us from becoming emotionally attached, which yeah. can affect treat our management of other patients but also our, our life lives in general is yes is that something that you continue to grapple with, finding that right balance between rapport and detachment and, you know, empathy, all those
1: yeah. different
0: variables we need? I
1: think, I think I'm think i in a good place now. Yeah. Like it's probably taken that four or five years to get there. I, I remember as a new grad being very, very emotionally attached to every single mm. patient that I saw, yes. it'll keep me up at night, literally. I wake up going, oh my God, did I do the right treatment? Are they gonna be crazy sore? Did I make them worse, you know? and yeah, learning how to detach, I suppose. I think now I've just learned if you care, if you genuinely care um, and have that love for people, it shows Yeah. and that's what brings them back, I think more than clinical skills or clinical yeah. knowledge because they know you care, they know you do want to help them get better Yeah. or reach their goals. I think that yeah. actually plays a bigger part yeah,
0: that's a good point because yeah, and if you do have that care, it's, it's it's going to mean yeah better clinical judgment or not judgment, better clinical approach anyway, right? Because exactly. You're going to be trying your best to find out yeah how to how to get them better. Yeah, so
1: yeah, it's a I pretty think, cool
0: cornerstone to have. Yeah, if you care. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I think people maybe you know I mean on the days because we do get tired. It is quite draining. We're always giving. Um, more than we're taking, I think as mm-hmm. physiotherapists in general, I think if, you know, some days you, you come into work, maybe you almost have to put that persona on or you have to put that face on, you know, cause you have to be that positive, um, person or you bring that positive vibe to the session. I think if you, you know, everyone now and again, that's fine. But if, if you have to put that persona on every day that you come to work, people see through it. That's I don't, right. I think. Would be stupid to think people can't see past yeah. um yeah past that. That's so I think right. If you're not yeah not genuine, it doesn't work in the long term. No way. No, you become a business more more like a businessman than yeah uh, than a healthcare professional. It becomes
0: robotic, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 And that's why I'm asking yourself that simple question maybe at the start of each day is like yeah you know, do I care about my yeah. patients? Do I care about the people? Exactly. If the answer's not yes, like, then
1: yeah. What am I here for?
0: Exactly. Yeah. You've talked about new grads and some of the skills maybe we were lacking and they're lacking when they mm. first come out. Mm. What do you think if you were, if you were organizing the curriculum at university? Yeah. What, what are some of the big changes? What are some of the changes that you would make?
1: Okay. It is tricky though, isn't it? Because in our four years we did learn, there was so much to learn. And then it's a whole different thing as well, I think, going into the hospital system um, versus the private practice system. So whether or not we can include that into the uni curriculum, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's realistic. Yeah. But maybe there needs to be something before you start officially at work, Mm -hmm. whether it's hospital or private, I don't know, something that you have to go through or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It is a tricky one. Yeah. Um, so but I do, yeah, I do know coming out as a new grad, I was like, holy crap, there's a lot I don't know. Yeah. Yet. Yeah.
0: And that's why maybe spending some time in that setting that you plan to work in. Yeah. Before yeah. getting employed. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, you know, learning, you know, what does this role involve? Mm. Um, and, and yeah, what skills, what skills will it take? And is it for me? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes
1: you think that's what you want and then you start it and then. It's very true, you isn't it? Yeah
0: having that trial is important yeah can I yeah can I sustain this as well exactly hmm what about burnout we know that physios traditionally yes don't last too long in the profession yes you know four five six years some less some more yeah what what do you think is the key to getting past this because I think it holds back the profession Mm. people keep leaving. you're not gonna you're not maintaining your best people so True. The profession's is not growing. What, what can we do to increase career length?
1: That's a really good question. I think I do think about it as well as a physio because we do notice in private, say, private practice setting, there's not a lot of physios who stay for, for very long at all. Um, I think people e- either go into education or they start mm. owning their own businesses so they don't have to do any hands-on treatment. I think that's a lot of... Um, yeah, the cases, um, in terms of burnout that, yeah, tricky one. I'm still trying to figure it out as well.
0: Do you think partly it's learning certain skills mm. like relatively early in the piece, like, um, caseload management for, for mm. one, like mm. if you can learn a good balance mm. of how to, you know, how to rebook and how to maintain a good amount, not, not at 100%, yeah. a hundred percent, but at a sustainable, Percent of your day, do you think that would help a fair bit with sustaining careers? And
1: I think so. I think maybe, maybe goal setting. I think maybe because everyone has different goals, say if your goal is to, because obviously, like I said, it has to tie into your personal life as well. Um, and maybe you know, most of it, most of us don't want to admit it, but then I mean, at the end of the day. It is an income source and that's important as well. But say if you go, okay, in a in a month or in a year, this is how much I want to earn and then break it down to how many hours a week do I need to work or how many patients do I have to see to earn this money?
0: Yeah.
1: Is that amount of patients or that number of hours gonna actually be okay mm. for my physical, emotional and mental health? Yeah. Maybe something like that yeah. and then in six months review that and see if it is still realistic yeah what needs to change yeah
0: maybe it's a good point because we yeah. don't really do much goal setting either no and it could be exactly what you said like a financial yeah. one yeah that could be one yeah but it could also be okay where do i do i see myself um as a as a private practice clinician in one year yeah and, yeah. and if so what am i moving towards because yeah unless you really unless you really love the private practice aspect, there must be, there must be ambitions there or something that you're moving towards, like whatever it might be, you know, developing your own clinic, your own, your own, I'm not sure, but it has to be something there. Otherwise it's just uh, very stagnant. Yeah. It's
1: just in and out. Exactly. I think if you, and I think having a bigger goal or on top Mm. of that, when you do, you know, start to get towards that burnout, it, if you constantly remind yourself that, Hey, that yeah. that is a bigger goal and work is just a means of getting there. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier. That's I right. Think. Yeah. And I
0: think that's maybe why people that do post-grads yes. and things, that's why they're the ones you see, there seems to be a gap in physio. There's people that are like new grads. Yes. And then on the other side, there's, there's quite a few that yeah. are like very experienced, yes. very well credited in yes. the research space. It's, and yeah. because that's a long, that's basically a long-term goal. Definitely. And each day when you practice, yeah, that's your just thinking. adding. To, that's just yeah. adding to your research or yeah. adding to your, yeah, you, you know, your thinking. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm gonna be a lower back specialist.
1: Yeah.
0: You're gonna, you know, mold your
1: yeah, yeah you and know, then you're yeah. gonna be like, okay, how
0: how can I use this, um, in my in my research, and how can I use, and then conversely, yes, um, what can I try in today's session to get a better outcome? Yeah. And so it's like a that's why I think maybe those guys have yeah. such long careers is because yeah. they find that it's a long term goal. Definitely. Building like, towards a-
1: you and I already know people in our from our cohort who are not physios anymore. Mm. Um, and maybe it's because expectations didn't meet the reality. That's right. As well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's right. That's a big one as well, I think. Yeah. Over your five years or so. Yeah. What has made a biggest difference to the way you practice your effectiveness or even, you know, your headspace? You sort of said one, you know, having that ability to care or yep. caring, not having the ability to care. But caring. <laughs> caring actually to, caring. Actually yeah. caring.
1: Um, I think I've been super fortunate to have really good physio friends as well as having really experienced physios around me at work Mm -hmm. who continue to inspire me to be better. Did that kind of answer your question?
0: They're like your guideposts. So when you start to go off track, you're sort of like bouncing between them, making sure that...
1: Yeah. So, you know, I get, I guess, people from work, they're mostly, we do have a few postgrads at work. So they're always going, oh, have you tried Mm. this um, treatment, you know, this different, um, treatment technique or, you know, so constantly kind of clinically making me think yeah. and I guess get maybe stimulated as well at work. Yeah. Um, and then I've got, you know, really good friends, physio friends who, yeah, like I said, they, they want to build real relationships and real friendships at work as well. And that's hmm. equally as important yeah. to me.
0: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the support network, both, yeah, both clinically in, and yeah, yeah I yeah. like that. That's a very impor- that's a very important one. Yeah. So we we talked about it from a Pilates perspective, but mm. now moving towards physiotherapy more broadly. Mm. Uh, where do you th- do you think that physio is headed in a certain direction? We know that there's more pressure from other health professionals. Yes. Uh, where's where's physiotherapy headed in your opinion?
1: I think how we got the pace we're going is really good. I mean, obviously, you know. You still get the odd person that you speak to, or the odd patient that comes in, and they're like, "This, this is my first time being to a physio. All I know about it is you guys give massages." So mm. it can't like it. It surprises me that it, that still happens. Um, so, but that tells me that there is still improvements yeah. that need to need to happen. But then again, I think yeah, like I said, we're heading in the in the right direction where we're taking more of an active approach as well. Mm um, we're constantly, constantly thinking, constantly, you know, adapting. I think, I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, we're definitely moving towards the, the right direction where it's meant to go. Who knows? But yeah, I think
0: we're doing yeah. good. Uh, you know, you, you being a private practice clinician, yeah. what do you think about the, you know, there seems to be a clinic on every corner. Qu- yeah. Yeah. Do you think, we're at a, we're at a peak in that, and then there needs to be some sort of shift.
1: Yeah, it is it is a tricky one. I think with private practices because people start clinics for different personal reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it matches what physiotherapy needs, I think that's a different topic whether it's gonna affect me personally, probably not. Mm. I think if we continue to, like I said, do what we do best, do what we, you know, really care and really try and reach out, mm. people, people come to, people are attracted and they come to your yeah. clinic for that reason.
0: I actually think maybe the fact that there are so many clinics mm. more and more lately, uh, you can see that in a few other professions as well. Like yeah. I see it, for example, in re- like real estate agents. Yeah. It seems to be more and more niche companies. And maybe it's because uh, people are trying to cater to a certain population. Yeah. And, you know, not, you might not have a big clinic that has 10 physios, 12 physios. Yeah. And instead you're having, you know, two or three physios. But yeah. it has a certain focus, like yes. a certain know inspired by a certain aspect of physiotherapy and that mm. attracts a certain certain people to go there to, to yeah. be patients yeah. there rather than you know just a you know, generic. generic yeah big clinic
1: it's not necessarily a bad thing i suppose because you at some point then have, have to make sure your clinic is up to a certain standard because otherwise everyone's going to go somewhere sure. else that's right. Um, and then yeah, people I guess start to go, hey, this is what's special about our clinic. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, unless of course you go into it with not so nice um, goals or reasons. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Last we're up to the last question of the mm-hmm. day, and that is, where do you see yourself long term? Do you see yourself long term in physiotherapy, and if so, what is your what does your path look like? It doesn't have to be super specific but what does it sort of look like
1: yeah that's an um, interesting question because yeah i always try to do like a one-year goal versus a five-year goal and it does change i think the one-year goals are easier to make than the long term goals Um, i'm still constantly learning i think next year um, i plan to go back to uni um, to do more sort of women's health stuff Mm But then again i don't want that to kind of limit me to only seeing those patients like i still want to do the high athlete high level athlete patients um so i think for now short-term goal is pretty much pursuing every aspect that i have interest in yeah cool and then long term maybe figuring out which one works in the long term yeah Yeah, because i think as a private practice therapist yeah like you are i think maybe a little bit more susceptible to burnouts because you have a lot more one-on-one time with patients physically as well is that sustainable for the next 20 30 years yeah and then yeah at the rate that physio changes as well yeah. um i guess you have to change with it yeah yeah so
0: so we'll in, a, in a sense keeping you are know, pursuing interests yeah. which i think is so important yeah because otherwise Yeah. Work can become tedious, but also you're keeping yourself open because of, you're still not sure exactly which path you want to take, but also because physio is so dynamic in that sense as well. Exactly. And and I
1: think the more, I mean, as I, you know, the more years that I'm working, um, you meet more people and then you also realize, oh, actually there's, there's this that you can go into and there's like, there's just, it's so broad, physio is so much broader than we think. That's right. I think, yeah.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Well that's that's it for today. Thanks for your time. No worries. I'll have you on next time as well.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> um, been great.
0: Cool, that's Elin Tan today, and we'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for joining us, Mum, for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's podcast. I'll definitely keep an eye on Elin to see how she continues to develop over the years. Hit the like button if you like this episode. If you think a friend would benefit from listening, share this episode. If you have feedback to improve this podcast or have anything else to add, please leave a review. Stay tuned for more juicy content.